Welcome to Beyond the Donation, a podcast powered by DonorDoc. Our goal is to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies to further your fundraising and to teach you how to build your best donor relationships beyond their donation. Now on to the show with your host, Matt Bitsagai. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Donation. I'm your host, Matt Bitsagai. And joining me today is my good friend, Chris Larkin from San Diego State University. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's my pleasure, Matt. It's great to see you and uh, check in with my pal up in the great white north. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, and then what you're doing at San Diego State. Sure. Uh, my position at San Diego State is Director of Development. Uh, I work within three of the college units there. Uh, that would be Engineering, uh, Business, the Fowler College of Business, and Athletics. So uh, as an alumni, I did attend. As an alumni, um, there's that immediate connection with a lot of the folks that are in our uh, prospect pools. And so uh, those are the connections I'm reaching out to daily. Uh, my background, I went to San Diego State, worked in the um, in the, in the private sector for a handful of years, started my own business, ran that for 15 years. As I exited, transitioned out of that, I got into major gift fundraising uh, probably 20 years now, and have been at it at a couple of different institutions. Uh, we met at my former employer uh, when I advocated in, uh, bringing DonorDoc in, and for all the right reasons, of course, uh, to which they're still using today. And that's how you and I became acquainted. And San Diego State, uh, I returned to the university because this is my last stop and where I want to finish my career, uh, where it all started, where all my contacts and and uh, and port- and uh, and friendships and uh, network started. And that's where I want to end it. That's awesome. It's really cool to hear kind of coming full circle back to kind of where you not only went to school, but kind of started your career. Uh, yep. That's really neat to see that. And I'm sure there's some there's some probably pretty meaningful pieces of that for you in, in returning back to your alma mater to, to kind of end your career. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, the food's a lot better there. So that's a bonus. So. <laughs> awesome. Um, so how, like within your group, you work with three of the, of the institute, you know, parts of the institution there. Um, do you have a team of people you're working with? Are you kind of doing the fundraising alone in that, in those areas? Like how does that look at San Diego state? Uh, it is a team approach. Uh, typically, uh, depending on the hierarchy, there's uh, directors, senior directors, uh, vice presidents um, of development. And uh, and so they'll be the colleges have their team. So whether it's uh, Fowler College of Business, the Engineering College, uh, the Cal, which is the College of Arts and Letters, etc. They'll have a, a fundraising team made up of depending on their alumni network and the amount of graduates they get, um, uh, one, two, three, four people. The Fowler College of Business, one of the units I work with, uh, has, is the largest. It has the most graduates, has had, continues to have. And so they have four members. And uh, then there's a couple of um, coordinators that help with a lot of the, uh, uh, the back office stuff and such. So it is a team approach, but just like every other fundraiser out there, we're all working alone. Yeah. Uh, we have our metrics, et cetera. Yeah. And you're, um, you know, San Diego state mountain West conference for basketball. <laughs> is that, is that for football too? Or is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I see they have a pretty good basketball team. Looks like this year. 
Yeah, they, uh, yeah, and thankfully so. There's two things, if I could just uh, uh, throw some props to my alma mater. When I went there, I remember I told my, I came down to San Diego to surf when I was 19, just with full intentions of returning to NorCal. And uh, I told my father I was going to go to San Diego State, and he goes, oh, you want to party, huh? And and kind of that was the gate back then. Athletics were a secondary thought. Uh, and I, I show, throw a lot of gratitude to all the alumni that came after me because they've raised the level of that university, both academically and athletically. And yeah, you're right. I'm a season ticket football holder. I do enjoy basketball. I don't have tickets to that. And they're doing quite well. And it just, it just, it, it I got it. It helps with fundraising. Sure. So here we go, full circle back to what I'm doing as a career. Uh, having that athletic connection, that sense of pride uh, raises our profile, uh, raises our reputation, uh, makes my job just a little bit easier. So yeah, thanks for pointing that out. And you focus on still more of the major gift side of things there at San Diego State, or are you doing, like, what's kind of your focus from a fundraising perspective? So major gifts, yes. And I know major gift, that that term, uh, uh, the quantity of that term it varies for many, many different people. At a university at San Diego State, a major gift uh, is, is $25,000 or greater. Okay. And in my portfolio, um, I do have those alumni, but the majority are in the six and seven. Uh, because of my tenure, the, the length I've been doing this, it, it's mm-hmm. – uh, and, but, you know, it's still raising money and I yeah. still celebrate each gift, whether they give $10 or $10 million, uh, the act of giving is noble and it's acknowledging the act. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. I love that. Um, what's been the biggest, you know, difference in like moving into higher ed after having spent quite a few years, you know, more in the, I guess you'd say traditional, you know, nonprofit space. You were with Hubs uh, SeaWorld mm-hmm. Research Institute previously. Uh, what what like what do you see as the biggest like difference as you've transitioned into this new role? Uh, at, at, at a university level, things slow down um, uh, because there's more people involved, and uh, and a lot of our uh, donations um, center around interactions with uh, faculty, with uh, the deans. And so we're dependent upon their schedules. Uh, they have classrooms, they have research, they have many demands on their own schedules and a, and a life, mm-hmm. believe it or not, they have a life. And so things like that. Uh, for example, you mentioned I was at the Hub SeaWorld Research Institute, a fantastic organization. I miss them tremendously, wonderful people. Um, because I ran that operation, I was, I was able to be more nimble, more agile, be able to act more rapidly. It, because it takes longer or it's a slower process, at the university isn't bad. It's just different. It's just different. So, you know, as long as you stay active, uh, activity equals revenue, and that's what the job's all about. And uh, and you keep that pipeline moving, uh, things continue to happen, but it is at a slower pace. Yeah. And I assume very uh, driven around your alumni base, like your, oh, your yeah. donor your donor pool for Hub SeaWorld Research Institute would be, you know, probably anyone interested in you know, SeaWorld or any of the, you know, great things that, that that organization is doing. Whereas I would think in the higher ed, you're, you're limited in your donor pool to people who probably have an affinity to San Diego state, most likely because they went there. Is that accurate? Uh, it, it is the vast majority of the donations that come into the university are from alumni, but the largest gifts are not. Is that right? Um, they have been, but that's not the qualifier. Mm-hmm. That's not the uh, glue that holds them all together or binds them or, or, or you know, that, that everyone could say, oh, I see. 
we have those different classifications at the university level, alumni, of course, friends, uh, uh, business associates, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of friends, a lot of people that enjoy athletics and uh, that didn't attend, but they moved to San Diego for work or for the fact that it's a pretty awesome place to live. Mm-hmm. Still trying to get you to come out and visit, <laughs> <laughs> especially in January. Yeah. But, um, the uh, uh, So a couple of our, our largest contributions, uh, the largest have come from alumni, but right up there are from folks that are enamored with the university and the work that's going on and the fact that it's in their community, that kind of, that kind of relationship. So yes, alumni, but it's not only. It just I, having alumni makes that immediate connection yeah. as long as they had a good experience. <laughs> right, right. I would assume cor- corporate sponsorships is also probably another area where you guys have a lot of things that you're working on. Is that is that true? Like businesses that are based in the area, that sort of thing? Well, they look at San Diego State uh, and at higher ed as uh, their, their uh, talent pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we have three in San Diego, if I could – uh, we have three major, we have a lot of universities. I couldn't even tell you the number, quite a few, but three majors, uh, San Diego State University, go Aztecs, uh, UCSD, University of California, San Diego, and University of San Diego. And when I talk to people about the differences, uh, there's there's dramatic differences in the universities and all for the great reasons. And what I tell people when I'm trying to define it briefly as possible, UCSD University of California, San Diego is a great institution and and they do a tremendous amount of research and they're known for their research and congratulations, it's about the research. University of San Diego, there's a a reputation there uh, that they maintain in the community uh, professionally and academically, and that's great. San Diego State has been known before I ever attended there and continues to be known as a, a student experience university, meaning uh, we're looking at the students and what we can do for them to prepare them for their next step in life and give them the tools to be day one ready when they when they get their diploma to be day one ready to sit down where they're going to work, whether it's on an entrepreneurial project or at some employer, uh, they're ready to go. And that's why you mentioned the corporate sponsorships. Um, they uh, Yes, a lot of local businesses are, 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 are tightly connected to us. Because they are, uh, you know, they're not they're not uh, influencing curriculum, but they're learning about the curriculum and saying, how can I use this to the advantage of my business? And oh, by the way, here's some really extraordinary talent in that curriculum, excelling. Let's keep an eye on them. They got a job. So, so. yeah. So from that angle, um, yes, correct. And then when you're working with the three different areas of the university. Um, is is the funding that's coming in tightly um, connected to that? So like if you're out fundraising for athletics and, and you raise some money, that money goes to athletics then, or, you know, is it restricted to those areas where you're, you're doing your fundraising or, you know, does the university get to decide when these funds come in, how they get used is, or is that just dependent on the donor and what they want? It, just what you said, donor intent. Uh, everywhere I've been, donor intent, donor intent. So, um, and that's a big that's a big deal too, especially at a, at a large university or any university, any higher ed, is managing donor expectations based on their intent and making sure that you clarify. That could be a whole two hour topic because 
relationships have collapsed because expectations were met because the intent was separated from the reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, the person had great intentions, but the but the institution couldn't deliver those to those intentions, and it got it got lost in the shuffle. And uh, so, managing those expectations and making sure there's 100% clarity, um, uh, especially like for if I may. For example, scholarships are a huge uh, uh, vehicle for people to give to. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, uh, we have a, a, a Campanile Foundation that manages uh, the portfolio of scholarships. Hey, it, when it's a volatile market, those scholarships go up and down. It's it's all dependent upon how it does in the market. San Diego State does a very good job of managing those, re- those funds. But right now we're in a volatile market. We've got a couple of... Uh, of, uh, of scholarships that are can't produce because they're too new, those kind of things. So it's about managing that, letting people know the realities of it so that there, there isn't a miscommunication so that they become disappointed, disillusioned and disconnect. Mm -hmm. So about that kind of thing. So, but it's always donor intent. So I kind of got sideways on that, but donor intent. Makes sense. And I know if there for a while, the higher ed space was, really big on this idea of like a connected campus of, you know, all of our systems talk with each other and we, we know everything about somebody from the time they, you know, enroll uh, through to when they graduate, become an alumni and it's all kind of housed. And we, we have this data that looks across this entire spectrum. Is that, is that happening there? Is that, is that a reality that has been kind of been able to be achieved at San Diego state with, you know, the data's in these different systems talking to each other and you being able to really look at as a as a fundraiser, being able to look and say, here's the 360 degree view picture of this person from the time they started here till what they're doing now, what they've given in the past, those types of things. Uh, short answer, yes. Um, the tools are there to accomplish that. It, it's not automated. It's still 98% user input. And as long as folks are, so uh, just before this call, I was uh, working on my prospect list, doing some outreach, going into the records, looking at what people had talked. These are some new folks added to my portfolio, uh, looking at the records, what did people said to them before? And thankfully, uh, my predecessor in this particular scenario with these two people I was looking at, uh, looking up, um, did some really good note taking. Uh, I'm really good about that. I'm, I'm emphatic about that. You, it, they got to be, you got to leave a good trail for people. Anyway, that's what it's dependent upon. If there's good notes, then again, uh, two days ago, I was looking up something and the notes were horrid. And I had to call the person and go, come on, dude. Um, and they gave me some additional background, but uh, the tools are there to do that. And sure. Yeah. I, I'm in that record. I graduated in 1985. Uh, I can look myself up and, They've done a pretty good job of tracking all uh, my season tickets and all that stuff. So, yeah. And that's really cool. I, I just, you know, I love data stuff. And so, mm-hmm. um, and I think data is such an important part of um, running a nonprofit, running, you know, being a fundraiser, having good data. And as you said, being able to rely on that data when it's time to reach out mm-hmm. the next time, because we can't keep everything in our heads. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just, it gets to be too much. And so helping that donor feel like, um, you do have everything in your head because you have good information that you're you're basing those conversations on. I think is such a key part of that relationship building. Um, so that's and I, I know just from our past 
discussions and things we've talked about, I know you're you're really big on that side of it and trying mm-hmm. to make sure that data is, is there and helps you make good decisions and and have the right conversations with people. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, Very true. What's the what's the biggest? You said things move slower, so we talked a little bit about that. What's what's the other like? What's the biggest challenge that you guys have within that within your space and trying to raise these large you know these large donations? The same challenge any nonprofit has. Uh, there, there's nothing different. Um, when it this is my opinion. I do not speak on behalf of the university. I'm only speaking on myself and my experiences. Um, it's it's the same. Uh, we run the same challenges, obstacles. Uh, it's the same relationship. Um, we we do have some extraordinary tools, but a lot of nonprofits do. I mean, we have the campus, we have athletics, we have events, uh, we have uh, esteemed alumni. Carl Weathers is speaking on campus next week. Carl Weathers, uh, former Oakland Raider. He was an Aztec, played football for the San Diego State, played for the Oakland Raiders back in the day, and then, you know, was Apollo Creed. And, yeah. and in, in so um, I know it's going to be a big crowd. I'm going to try to sneak in the back somehow and, and take a picture. I'm a former member of the Raider Nation, so I'm, I'm a big fan of his. And, of course, Predator. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. But um, that kind of thing. So we, ha- we do have some great tools, but regardless – it's still the same as any nonprofit. You still run into similar objection, objections, obstacles. Um, uh, you still got to do the same legwork. It, it's it, it's slower. The process takes a little more time also because of the uh, record keeping and such, but it's exactly the same. There's no difference. Yeah. So, Chris, I think that one of the things that we've talked about before is, you know, regardless of whether you're in higher ed, you're you're a fundraiser at a nonprofit, relationships is still at the heart of being able to go out and try and raise, especially these larger dollar amounts. Like, what advice would you give to nonprofits who tend to struggle with that idea that it's not just about putting up a Facebook fundraiser or, you know, doing a one gala a year? That's not a fundraising strategy building those relationships is like, what's, what's a piece of advice that you'd have for people on, on that and how to do that? Well, uh, in the, in the major gift, in the larger gift realm, um, there are occasions when big gifts appear, uh, timing serendipitous serendipitously. It's rare. It's very rare. So yeah, a lot of those are, uh, in the five, six, seven figures, those are longer term relationships. And unfortunately, in, in, in fundraising, there's turnover. Um, I think the average career span is about 18 months, and that's yeah. just about the time it takes to get somebody comfortable enough with you because they just had somebody else calling them eight months ago. Now they got you, and if you get turned out, then they got somebody else, and they're going, are you kidding me? Yeah. And so it's not just the turnover and, and what that does to the institution, the, the nonprofit. It's what it does to the donor. So it's yeah. building trust. Is this person going to be here? Um, so my recommendation to nonprofits is pick good staff and hang on to them. Mm-hmm. Write it out. If you believe in them, if you hired them and you believe in them, write it out, work together, uh, strategize together, find out how you can achieve those goals. The other thing is working with the with your tools, whether it's a board of directors or a, or a vendor network, to make those connections, to build that trust as quickly as possible. But 
there is the, you mentioned the Facebook and the social media fundraising. Those are key components. Those are quick turns. Those are people, but then they're now one of your donors. Um, in retail, I ran a retail business for 15 years. My greatest com- customer and the, where I spent the most marketing dollars were on people who were already shopping with me. Yep. And those were to remind him to come back. And it's the same thing with donors. Sure. It's investing in the people that are already investing in you and keeping them and growing that relationship. That would be my yep. recommendation. And then having the patience, like you said, to you have know to. that it's not going to be an instant thing always. And so continuing to steward that, continuing to build that relationship over the long term can lead to huge results later. Uh, it just may be more of that delayed gratification type of idea. Well, yeah, it's, if, if, if you need money today, you're already in, I mean, if you're desperate for money today, you're, you're in trouble. I'm sorry to say it. Um, and, uh, and there's a, the strategy isn't, uh, your, your fundraiser going to make it happen overnight. So Absolutely. Uh, it's a team thing. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, Chris, I, this has been really fun to catch up with you again, to hear more about your, you know, your, um, role at San Diego state and just a unique perspective in terms of, uh, you know, higher ed kind of. It, there's a lot that's similar, but there's certainly things I think that are different than from what a lot of our, our listeners might be uh, dealing with on a daily basis. So, uh, so much appreciate you spending time with us and coming on and being willing to do this. Um, you want to take any, take a minute and tell uh, our listeners how they can find out more about San Diego State. I mean, it's not like it's a, a hidden thing, but if you have, you know, any website or anything that you know, people might be interested in checking out, feel free to share that. Uh, so San Diego State is simply stsu.edu. Uh, that's a simple URL right there. Uh, I encourage you to come out. Uh, if you're a prospective student, come out and check out the campus. It's incredible. If you're there, give me a holler. I'll take you around, show you around. It'd be my pleasure to do so. I'm uh, very proud of the university. It's a fun place to be, and uh, it's a great institution. Uh, it's, one of, it's the first college in that region. It was originally, it was called San Diego. It was the normal school, then San Diego Normal School, teaching teachers, and it progressed into what it is today. And out of 23, a couple of stats here, if I may. Yep. Uh, there's 23 uh, California state universities in the state of California. I just learned this in the San Diego region. One, I didn't just learn this, but uh, the next fact I did, one in seven graduates with a diploma in San Diego County is a state grad, San Diego state grad. In the United States, one in eight people with a diploma came from a, a California state university. Wow. One in eight in the United States. That's how Crazy. much we've educated the state of California. No offense, to my homies up in ND, but uh, that's how many people have been educated in the state. So we're very proud of that. And San Diego State uh, ranks number one. So uh, we're very proud that's of awesome. that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think I would guess that uh, the weather there is also a good thing when people <laughs> come to visit and think, yeah, like you yourself, it sounds like, you know, go surfing and decide to stay. So, um, well, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll hope to have you back on at some point. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Beyond the Donation. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Chris, and we hope to talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond the Donation podcast. We're grateful you tuned in today. For more information about our guests and to view the show notes, resources, and links from today's show, head over to beyondthedonation.com. Here's to furthering your mission and driving more impact beyond the donation.